really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. Mike Young vindicated in the Beatles versus Stones conversation we had last week. Now, I don't want anybody to get the impression that this is the first time this conversation has ever been had. But the reason we're talking about it is because Paul McCartney made some comments recently that said the Beatles were better than the Stones. And his arguments were basically that we did a bunch of different types of music, whereas the Stones were mainly blues-based, etc., etc. And so now Mick Jagger has retorted. Paul was asked about this on Howard Stern's uh, radio show, and... Uh... Mick Jagger volleyed it back to him with uh, Zane Lowe of Apple Music saying that uh, the big difference is, and sort of slightly seriously, is that the Rolling Stones is a big concert band in other decades when the Beatles never even did an arena tour. They broke up before that business started, the touring business. He went on to basically say that the business started in 1969. The Beatles never experienced it. They did a great gig, and I was there at Shea Stadium. They did that gig, but the Stones went on. We started doing stadium gigs in the 70s and are still doing them now. That's the real big difference between these two bands. One band is unbelievably luckily still playing in stadiums and the other band doesn't exist which is exactly the argument you made last week when we talked about it right yeah i've always defaulted to saying that in the time that the beatles existed the beatles will win every day against mm -hmm. any band ever mm -hmm. that window that short five-year window but if you look at the full timeline versus the beatles you got to go with the stones i don't see how you don't go with the stones their longevity and the ability to continue to put out good music like they just did last week yeah um shows that they still they still got it Based on that argument and that argument alone, I might tend to agree with you. Caleb does not. Actually, Caleb had a really good argument. He uh, Wait a minute. Who the hell's Caleb? Well, Caleb, obviously. Tom and Vicky were talking about it on this morning's morning show. And Caleb texted in, quote, I'm a huge Beatles fan and believe that they had a bigger influence on artists and will continue to influence future musicians. The Stones have proven that longevity is possible with a rock band. I think that also shows how the Beatles have influenced many bands to this day. The Stones have so many great albums and songs. The Beatles have 230 seven original songs over eight years rolling stones 164 originals over 50 years i would amend that to say almost 60 years their first live show ever as a band was in july of 1962 58 years ago this july caleb continues stones did do a lot of solo stuff and covered a lot too that made them great as well the Beatles did covers as well, both great bands, but I think the Beatles did more to shape music and culture than the Stones ever could. Based on that, I go back to the Beatles. And I totally agree that the Beatles have a wonderful catalog of music. I will say, from help going forward, everything before that's garbage. And oh, it's just pop. It's yeah, just it's bubblegum trash yeah. pop that you know we dismiss today if it was done by a band like the, the Backstreet Boys. You know mm -hmm. that we would dismiss it. They were the first boy band, and uh, so I dismiss it now. Okay. Looking back, all right. Um, but the stuff when they started to really become musicians and write songs, complex songs, and tackle all kinds of different subjects. It wasn't just love and twisting and shouting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we started to do uh, to see what they were really capable of. It just got cut off way too soon. Yeah, you know. And the solo members went on to do different things that mm -hmm. were all great. George Harrison, a wonderful career. Paul McCartney, a wonderful career with Wings and then solo material. And John mm -hmm. Lennon, from the time he was able to leave the Beatles and do some solo stuff, and then stuff with Yoko Ono, uh, he was able to show. I'm leaving out Ringo in this case, but <laughs> why? You know, he was the conductor Ring on Shining Time Station. I will give him that. Oh, you you do not give Ringo his credit. Name me your five favorite Ringo star solo songs first one photograph great song now you got four more okay 
I'll give me a give me a second on that one. But fantastic drummer and big advocate for peace and love and the peace sign. I'm not uh, crapping on his drumming ability. Just in terms of a songwriter, <laughs> I get you. he doesn't have the chops that the other three did. I understand. Uh, the Stones, yeah, they. I mean, it's a quality over quantity argument. Uh, in terms of the number of original songs recorded. Here we are in the argument again, but I say, you know what, based on Caleb's argument of cultural influence, I think that's the tiebreaker for the Beatles. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> but again, we don't have a... It, to say the Stones weren't influential to bands today would be foolish. Let me just try it out. The Stones weren't influential to bands today. Yeah, no, that... That no. sounds foolish. <laughs> yeah, it does sound a little foolish. So yeah. let's just say they're both great bands. Tomato, tomato, whoever you like, and whatever you like is cool with me because they're both two of the greatest, easily top five bands of all time. That's both why both. it's a great cocktail party argument because they are both fantastic bands. Okay, so Saturday Night Live, the last two weeks, has been back to live shows, but they've been doing them at home with all the cast members at home. And I haven't seen one of them yet, but that cannot be easy to do for a show like Saturday Night Live. And they're also still having musical guests. Miley Cyrus dished out an acoustic version of Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here on Saturday Night Live. And you know what? I kind of dig it. Here's what it sounded like. How I wish, how I wish you were here. make clear part of the reason i dig it one of my favorite songs of all time so that gives it tons of points right there but there's something about miley's the tone of her voice the quality of her voice that raspy she sounds like stevie nicks that's why you like it she's yeah. got that rasp she does she's have developing that... that as a singer and we just talked about the beatles starting off pop and then and building miley cyrus has been that uh you listen to her more recent stuff and she's really proven that she's Wants to be taken seriously. Uh, isn't Hannah Montana? Mm -hmm. Isn't Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter? Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to be her own thing. Yeah, you can hear in in the way she's writing music now, and and her voice especially yeah. has really grown. It's not for everybody, but it has grown. And it's not even necessarily for me as I hear it on that, but I do find it interesting. I love "Wish You Were Here," mm -hmm. one of my favorite albums and songs uh, as well. I find that nobody's willing to take a risk with that song mm -hmm. in terms of covering it. It's been covered so many times mm -hmm. by so many different acts, and nobody will step up and try and do something different, a little bit outside the box. And maybe it's a fear of, am I going to offend somebody? Are people going to crap all over me if I do take a risk and it doesn't land? But for me, yeah, you can cover it, but been there, done that so many times before. Mm -hmm. So I wish if people were going to cover Pink Floyd that they would cover maybe something else if they're not willing to take a risk with this song because they have so many great songs you can cover and that will resonate. But they, they don't. <laughs> we are left with a thousand covers of Wish You Were Here, yeah. which I still enjoy. But It's tough to do, and it's such a perfect song in and of itself that anytime somebody covers it, the risk is that it's going to be like that Monkey Jesus painting. Remember the lady tried to fix the painting in Italy a few years ago? You can't mess with perfection in certain cases, so I agree with you. I'd be interested to hear maybe some deep cuts from Pink Floyd as done by other artists as opposed to the same ones. Not on topic uh, regarding Miley, but in terms of Pink Floyd covers, have you ever heard the Scissor Sisters version of Comfortably Numb that they reworked into a disco song? I think I have, because I think I've heard every single version that everybody's done of Comfortably Numb, my favorite song of all time. I believe I did. Now, that one was a risk. Yeah. Uh, and when I first heard that song, this is a true story. I bought that CD 
uh, on the, the back of the single, which was Take Your Mama Out, which is a very Elton John feel to it. Okay. Still love that song to this day. Bought the album. Got to that song, because Pink Floyd was my jam at the time. They mm-hmm. were by far number one. And got to that song, stopped it, sold the CD at the used <laughs> store. <laughs> I, took, I, I couldn't take it back to the store, but I just put it in the pile. Like, I'll take it to the store next time. I, oh and years later, I have it in my library again because I bought it back. Because as a musical fan, I grew and learned that, hey, bands have to be allowed to take a risk. And I appreciated it more, but it took me years to get back to it and really sink my teeth in and appreciate it, you know? But it was wow. such a, oh, my God, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've got some uh, clips for you from uh, songs. And, of course, everybody's doing these things from home. But Post Malone had promised that on Friday he was going to do a full set of Nirvana covers for charity. And he pulled it off absolutely beautifully, partly because he had such a great backing band, of course, all in their own homes. Yeah, Travis Barker on drums, Brian Lee on bass, Nick Mack on guitar. They all shared one thing in common with Post Malone. They're all wearing dresses yeah. uh, because that was a tribute to Kurt. Kurt would perform and sure. dress sometimes. And uh, they did a whole range of songs from more famous ones like Heart Shaped Box to like obscure songs. Frances Farmer will have her Revenge on Seattle. Pulled that one out as well. And this whole thing was done uh, to benefit the United Nations Foundation's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. And Google was even matching donations two to one. So if you donated, Google would uh, match your donation and double it. Uh, as of today, as we record this, to show how much of a reach Post Malone has, that he's willing to go online and just be some guy paying tribute to his idol, playing Nirvana tunes from his house. To date, at this time, since Friday, they've raised over $4.2 million. That's awesome. And so I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Post Malone and that band's version of About a Girl. Uh, recall, what was it, about a week ago? that <laughs> We were... Dragged through the mud. <laughs> yeah, puddle of mud, West Scanlon, attempting About a Girl, not really successfully as compared to this. A little bit pitchy, like Kurt was, but I mean, there's successful pitchy, and then there's what happened with Puddle of Mud and West Scanlon. It's what happens when you try too hard. He's yeah. not trying too hard. He's himself, and he's playing these songs, and he's played this song, you know, hundreds of times, whether it be alone or in front of a crowd mm-hmm. when he was first getting into music. You know, it's a song he knows and a song he loves, and he's just playing the song. You know, yeah. if it sounds like Kurt, it sounds like Kurt, but if it doesn't, you know, it's still. A good Nirvana cover. Yeah, and it happened to sound a lot like Kurt. And another testament to the talent of Post Malone. Really interested to see what he does in the uh, next few years with his career. Speaking of which, Post Malone's producer, Andrew Watt, right? Yep. He had coronavirus. That same guy, Andrew Watt, who now has ended up producing one at least album for Ozzy Osbourne, he was the one that was also playing 12-string guitar on Miley's version of Wish You Were Here. Got a nice uh, six degrees of separation going on here in this show. Mm -hmm. Speaking of six degrees of separation, the degree of separation has become one between everybody involved in this Winger release, a really cool project that Winger put together, kind of an all-star version of their 2014 track, Better Days Coming. Yeah, I'd never heard this song before, and so this was my first experience with it. Actually, a really good song. You'd think this came out in 2014, Winger in 2014. Huh? 
But yeah, they're still out there making music. Um, and this version of the song came together after Kip invited people to record themselves singing with the chorus with the aim of providing an uplifting message during the pandemic. And so there's winger fans on here that have sent themselves in singing. And then he got some of his musician buddies to chime in too. And it's not like schlubs. He's got Alice <laughs> Cooper. He's got Klaus Mine. He's got Jeff Scott Soto, who, sidebar, has been taking videos that other people have been putting online and singing over top of them. Okay. In case you're wondering, check him out on YouTube or his, his social media accounts. Like uh, the other day, Brian May and Roger Taylor and Adam Lambert did We Will Rock You right. on their Instagram. And he took out Adam Lambert's voice and he did We Will Rock You over Brian's guitar playing. So ah. he's been doing stuff like that. Cool. And uh, Alan Parsons on here as well. You know, it's just a weird lineup and a weird mix, but it really worked out well. Total of 24 in all. And uh, the way he did it was he and, and his three guys started playing. And then one by one, these people all started coming in with the vocal tracks over each other. And the vocal track just built and built and built. You might be able to pick out Alice Cooper in this. There's a sound. Alice Cooper. Yeah, and it just built and built and built from there. And it's a cool video, 943thedrive.ca. You can check it out. And uh, it's just cool watching these artists perform from their homes. There's places where there's kids in the background dancing, and you know, it's just very wholesome. So check it out. That is the Classic Rock Files, 943 The Drive music director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.